This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, welcome back to Massive Late Fee, everyone. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. And yourself? Good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. Things are going well with the show, the network, all the stuff that I always say. Uh, if you want to get a hold of the show, do the whole Twitter thing and uh, at Massive Late Fee on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. If you want to find Mike... Massive late Mike, massive late fee Mike, late fee Mike, late fee Mike, yeah, late fee Mike on Twitter, and yeah, check out retro late fee. We did, what did we do? Oh, we did Airheads this week. I know, I know, uh, your wife Alex is a huge fan of that movie, as am I. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, but into the news, some interesting pieces of news here this this week we have so the first one i know mike is not gonna care about at all but some people out there even though we insult you on a pretty weekly basis on this show i'm sure there are still fans of the marvel cinematic universe out there that listen to our shows and uh spider-man or spider-man as i like to call him is no longer going to appear in the mcu films Sony and Marvel reached a standoff. Uh, from what I've heard, and I think these are unconfirmed reports, but from what I've heard, Disney wanted a 50-50 equity split where they would pay for half the the Spider-Man movies, the standalone Spider-Man movies, and Sony would pay for half of them, and then they'd split 50-50 the profits from those films. Uh, Sony countered with sort of close to the agreement that they've been going with so far, 5% of the first day sales. And which is obviously it's a lot different. And Disney said, yeah, we don't want to do that. They they couldn't get anywhere near a a deal. And it looks like Sony is taking back Spider-Man to once again, ruin the character. That's good. Yeah. Sony is the worst uh, film company out there. Uh, I guess the PlayStation's still good, from what I hear, but their their film their film company is absolute garbage. So good luck, Spider Man fans, <laughs> and uh, we'll see what Don't happens. Don't worry, you'll have a new you'll have a new origin story in no time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other big piece of news that came out today these 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 came out just today. We record this on Tuesday. You won't hear it till Thursday, but uh, unless you're on Patreon, I guess. Then you'll hear it sooner. But these both came out today. The Matrix is getting another sequel, The Matrix 4. Uh, that was one of my stories I was going to tell. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. And uh, Keanu Reeves is back as well. Yep, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. What I found interesting about the story is it says that Lana Wachowski is coming back to write and direct then produce the movie, but it doesn't say anything about L- Lily. I want to say Lily. I think you're right. Uh, so I do they, 
I tried to look up to see if they had any sort of falling out or anything like that. I couldn't find anything about it. But it's it's weird to me that they wouldn't mention her sister as well, since they almost always work together, and obviously work together on the, the Matrix trilogy. Yeah, I don't know of anything where they didn't work together on before. I, I can't think of anything either, honestly. But yeah, interesting. So I don't know if Lily is going to be a part of it, and they just... They didn't mention it, or or if she's if she just isn't interested in doing it, and Lana is. But the quote from from Toby Emmerich, who is uh, the chairman of Warner Brothers Pictures, said, "We could not be more excited to be re-entering the Matrix with Lana. Lana is a true visionary, a singular and original creative filmmaker, and we are thrilled that she is writing, directing, and producing this new chapter." In the Matrix universe, no, it's so weird. Like it's just that the the exclusion of her sister is just weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think you need a Matrix movie past the first one. So I'm I, I doubt I'll even see this at the theater. I mean, hopefully it'll be good, but I don't really have a lot of uh, faith. Yeah, I, I don't either, and I I. Don't I really don't like the second and the third movie, which sucks because I really like the first movie a lot. First movie is probably top ten for me of all time, and the other two are terrible. But it's just and it's a lot of pseudo philosophy and, and things like that, just stuff that is really dumb to me in the in the other two films. And yeah, I like some of the action sequences, especially in uh, Reloaded. Like, there was, like, some cool, like, action-type sequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ghost the twins and stuff were... Yeah, I mean, it was fun. Right. But, I mean, it was, like, pretty shitty in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it, the whole thing, like... The first movie ended with such an interesting cliffhanger where he talks about, uh, I'm, I'm gonna let everyone know that they're, you know, basically talking about rescuing all of humanity and everything from the matrix and they never go back to that ever <laughs> and well, well he forgot yeah exactly i i think that for some reason the wachowskis didn't realize why their movies was why, why their movie was popular what made their movie good why everyone liked it and they focused on some of the wrong things yeah i don't know maybe they were like not exp- i don't know if it was like, a lot of people say, oh, it's a trilogy, but, I mean, I wonder if it was initially meant to be a trilogy. I mean, the way it ends in the first one, kind of like, you know, an open ending is much better mm-hmm. than, you know, the second and third movies combined. Oh, yeah, I agree. I don't think they me- I don't think they originally meant to do a trilogy. I think they meant to make one, and then it was a surprise success. Maybe they had some kind of vague ideas for where they would go in the future with it. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of Star Wars in that way, I guess. Where, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I don't know if you're familiar with the Animatrix. Like it's like a series of like you know shorts, like of animated shorts they did for it. Yeah, like those were like like much more like tangential. You know, they're like complimentary characters. If they had done that for the sequels, it would have been much better, I think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, it's like, oh shit, what does Neo do now? Uh, I don't know. We're in a double matrix. I mean, it was just so ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, this is one of those ones where I'll wait till it comes out to streaming, like I do with most things. I'm not going to go to the theater to see it. 
even if people are saying, "Oh, it's it redeems everything," I'll probably still wait till it uh, till it comes to streaming. But there's yeah. they're supposed to be filming that uh, early next year, so probably come out in 2021. Yeah, something like that. The uh, last piece of news that I have, and I, I hope this isn't the other piece of news that you have, because it involves one of our favorite directors, Kevin Smith. Oh, no, it's not. I know what you're going to say, but it's not that. Okay. So he's announced that he is doing an anime He-Man series for Netflix. So, interesting. I, I, I'm really wondering... Is he going to now? I watched T Man when I was when I was a little boy, as many kids my age did, and you know it, it sort of. For those of you that don't know, it's kind of a little cheesy, especially by today's standards. It's sort of you know like sword and sorcerer type stuff, but very tame. Now I wonder if if Kevin Smith is going to keep that same tone. Is he going to inject his own tone? Is it going to be? Is it going to be adult orientated? I, it, there's a lot of ways that this could go that I think could be interesting, and a lot of ways that it could, that it could go that could be horrifying. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I remember watching the cartoon when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really remember much about it. I mean, I don't. I don't care about He Man. I mean whatever you want it just doesn't interest me even if it's Kevin yeah I'm sure it's not I'm sure He-Man doesn't hold up if I watched it now I'm sure I wouldn't think oh wow this was groundbreaking animation no it it does not (laughs) but I I will probably check this out uh, at least an episode of it just to see to see what he does with it and kind of where he goes with it I like I said I could see some interesting things if put into like a Clerks the Animated Series style type uh, type thing, like I could see I could see him doing something somewhat interesting with it. It also could just be a horrible a horrible marriage of things yeah, that really I, don't, I don't go really together. See why I don't see why they would even get Kevin Smith for this. Yeah, I, I don't. His tone doesn't seem to go with the the traditional tone of He Man, but. Yeah, almost is like a complete like reimagining. I mean, you don't really need like sharp dialogue in He Man. Yeah, like, no I'm gonna get that crystal. No, you're not He Man. Well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and then, I mean, that's like literally the tone of He Man. And then Orko just goes, uh, "Hey guys, did you know that crystal uh, <laughs> originated in uh, you know Batman comic number fifty seven? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's where they aligned the crystal for the first time. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't really see I don't it. Know, man. Like, uh, they'll be uh, at, like, the comic shop, and, like, uh, (laughs) He-Man will be sitting there reading, like, a comic, and then uh, Man-at-Arms will show up. (laughs) Hey, uh, He-Man, I think Skeletor's gay. What? (laughs) I I think I would watch that, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that if they go in that direction, I could see how it might be interesting. But I just, I don't know. I don't don't know exactly where it's going to go. Yeah, if they do that, though, it's a classic example of why use that property when you can just make up your own thing. Exactly. Or use Clerks. Yep. Yeah, redo Clerks the Animated Series. I would love to see more episodes of that. I think I think they did do more. Either that or it was a sequel to one of their movies. I really want to watch it. I just uh, don't know where to find it. 
Kevin Smith, if you're listening, uh, let us know. Yeah, Kevin Smith, let us know, or send us co- DVD copies or whatever. And uh, disregard everything uh, Matt said about, or Mark said about uh, yoga hosers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You probably shouldn't listen to that part. I did. I was very complimentary <laughs> of your daughter, though. Not in a creepy way. No, no. Just that they that they had good chemistry. Her and her 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 friend Johnny Depp's daughter. Yes. I know their names: Harley Quinn and Johnny Le- Depp's daughter, Lily Depp. <laughs> I can't remember. Johnny Depp Jr. Yeah, Johnny John, Jonah 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 Depp. Jonah Depp. <laughs> All right, Mike. What was the piece of news that you have that I didn't get to? Um, I don't know if you had seen this or not, but I guess they started filming on uh, Coming to America too. Oh, I did read a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Arsenio Hall is also included uh, again, which is great because Arsenio Hall is like one of those actors that is really good, but you don't really know why. Like he's not in a lot of stuff still. Yeah, exactly. Like, whenever you see him pop up, he's always, like, fun and, like, charismatic and, like, you know, like, you want to see him and stuff. He just, he just doesn't show up a lot, which is kind of weird. Yeah, his his career had a really strange trajectory. Yeah, like, when he did his own show, like, after that, it's like, yeah, we don't, I mean, I don't, I just haven't seen him for a while. I mean, I've seen him pop up and stuff. He was in one of the Apprentice, like, seasons. He was pretty good on that. You know, he seems like a, he seems like a genuinely, like, fun guy. Yeah. I don't mean a mushroom either. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I I would like to see a lot more of him too. He's he's tremendous in Coming to America, obviously, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to this. This might be one of the few movies that I actually go out to the theater to see. I like Coming see, I, to America a lot, and I, I, I'm looking yeah, forward to this. Yeah, but if you think about the original Coming to America, uh, what of those jokes can you use today? None. Oh, that's true for sure. He was like literal, like oh look, uh, the prince has two women that uh, clean his penis for him. Well, that's clearly a sexual uh, harassment type issue. <laughs> oh, he's at a uh, basketball game getting jerked off. Uh, that's that's a Me Too moment. He clearly, you know, uh, used his influence over the young girl to force her. To- Seriously, I would love to see <laughs> if they went in that direction, where it was just. Eddie Murphy and, and Arsenio Hall's character were getting me tooed and, and stuff like that. It was like like almost like a parody of Bill Cosby. That would be fantastic. See, I'd like to see why they're coming back to America. Yeah. I mean, he's got a maid. Didn't he take, didn't he, okay, the, the first movie, he married her and didn't they go back to his kingdom? Yeah, because at the end, like, uh, he thought he was uh, marrying that woman who barks like a dog for him, but they took oh, out the yeah. veil and it was, you know, her. And yeah. then her family just suddenly pops up, too. Yeah, they all moved to uh, to that kingdom in Africa. Uh, what's it called? Zamunda. Yeah, Zamunda. Yeah, I mean, I, I really love the first one. It's obviously a classic uh, comedy movie. I just don't know. I mean, all that stuff is offensive to people now, or at least people pretend it's offensive because they want people to think they're a good person. Yeah, exactly. I think they're going to go for. I mean, I honestly think they're going to go for it. I think they're going to go for the same, the same tone. I hope they do. If they don't, then that's sad. Yeah, that is sad. Uh, and, and Donald Trump agrees. Sad. Already, Watson. <laughs> yeah, even the soul glow stuff would probably be frowned upon now. Right. Let your soul glow. Uh, so that is the news for the week. 
We will move on to what do we do now? Oh, dumpster diving. Mike, did you did you watch the episode of Full House that we're doing? I did. Oh god. I watched it like uh less than an hour ago, so it's <laughs> So uh for this week on Dumpster Diving, we decided to do or I decided to do, I decided to torture Mike with the an episode of Full House, season six, I think, episode seven. It's called Trouble in Twin City. Yeah, because, you know, San Francisco is often called the Twin City. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> but it guest stars uh, Mark Lynn Baker from Perfect Strangers, which I was pleased to see that the studio audience gave him a, uh, an ovation. Yeah, yeah. Yep, as soon as he comes in, you hear them all go nuts. Uh, that was great. Uh, much due respect for uh, Mark Lynn Baker. But he plays another person who kind of just disappears. You don't see him very often anymore. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He was in. He popped up in a movie. It was a years ago, but he popped up in a movie in a supporting role that I was watching. And I remember I was watching it. I was watching this movie, and I saw him, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit! It's Gordon Larry." Yeah, he was in like ER, like one of the episodes of that as well. But yeah. Aside from that, I haven't really seen him. But yeah, so he stars as Becky's cousin, and he is like he's a rich snob from Nebraska, which I guess is where Becky's where Becky's originally from. I guess all those rich people that live in Nebraska, you know, uh, Warren Buffett and his friends, right? Uh, But anyway, so so he um, he comes and he's he's got two twin girls, and they came to San Francisco to be in some sort of twin competition that they're having? It was the best twin, I think, competition. Oh, or something. Twin of a year, twin off. Yeah, it, people came from all over the country, apparently, to be in this. So weird. Um, yeah, it's funny because even this show, like, I remember it just being relatively tame, but it's it's really only tame for the time because there's, like, some really, like, stuff that you wouldn't, like, see these days in, like, you know, shows. Yep, Absolutely. <laughs> Like uh, I can't remember his uh, like what's his name Danny his like his girlfriend uh, I don't remember her name. Oh yeah, um, I can't remember her name either. But she's off like uh, interviewing like the uh, the Chicago Bears and he's mm-hmm. like what? Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's like like the joke is obviously that they're gonna like run a train on her or something. Yeah, yeah, he's he's horrified because for the entire episode his girlfriend is doing a report on women in the locker room with the Chicago Bears, and she's headed to Green Bay, Wisconsin, because I guess they're going to play the Packers. And he's, he talks about, she's going to be in the locker room with all these chiseled guys, all this stuff. Right. They, yeah, also, whole, uh... they also intimate that one, of the, uh, that one of the Chicago Bears wears high heels. <laughs> Probably uh, Jimmy McMahon. Yeah. Oh, for sure. From that era, absolutely. But so the the entire episode begins with their stupid wake up San Francisco show, and they've got a couple twins on there playing the the uh, harmonica together, and it's just know, the worst the, the the worst thing you could ever imagine. And then you know they set up that there's going to be this twin competition. So Mark Lynn Baker and his wife come in with their kids. And they're horrible snobs. And they clearly don't like Jesse. And Marklin Baker does Marklin Baker does an excellent job of playing a believable asshole but not going over the top with it. 
great. And he, uh, you know, like he mentions just little snide comments here about uh, about Jesse not having uh, money or, or being refined in any way. And, and this uh, this guy that uh, Becky's a fuck, like he mentions him and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, how how he married some lady and and he uh, buys her a brand new car every year or something like that. Yeah, I think it's a Cadillac Coupe is what he says. Yeah, something like that. It just seems like a terrible investment if you're just buying these every year. Right. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not very good with money somehow. He didn't really say how he's rich. I assume it's like corn something related. <laughs> right. Or he's one of Warren Buffett's friends. <laughs> yeah, like he and his wife, they have these like two daughters, and they're just like terrible little assholes. They really are. They... They come, they come over, and they've got. I, it looks like the Sega. What was what would they call that? No, I, actually, what I think it is, and this is very weird, is it, it's the um. Oh, what the hell is it? The TurboGrafx sixteen is what I think they have. Oh, the handheld version of the TurboGrafx sixteen. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. because it's it's huge. Like the thing they have is like huge for the time. And, yep. Uh, well, first of all, when he shows up, he's like he doesn't know anybody there. Like he barely knows who Jesse is. They clearly have never met like their twins. Mm-hmm. They just like you know they're like yeah we're in town. Well you know but so they think that Joey is Danny for a reason for some reason. Oh yeah, and like this guy who they don't like, oh I guess you're not him. Well watch our kids for a few hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really, if you, the more you watch it, the more you realize Joey's just like a glorified babysitter. Yep. Oh, for like, sure. They probably give him like a, a huge discount on rent just like fucking watch these kids all the time because mm-hmm. Danny's never there. Oh yeah, yeah. Joey is constantly watching the kids and, and regaling them with stories of uh, when Alanis Morissette jerked him off watching a movie. Oh yeah, that went down on him. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, so these kids like go into the room with Michelle for some reason because mm-hmm. even though they're like kind of like Stephanie's age, they're still with Michelle, which is kind of funny because obviously she's a twin in real life, but. Then they immediately go on their video games, which take zero time to boot up, and they have no graphics whatsoever on the screen when they're playing. Right. Yeah, so they're playing them, and they're like, Michelle, and like two seconds into them playing, and they're playing like some game, like some wacky, like it's like something ballerina is in the title, like co- yeah. battle ballerina, ballerina something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, some fighting yeah, game like, with ballerinas. Yeah, so much like my uh, six year old, like they play it for like five seconds, and she's like, "When's my turn?" <laughs> and then they say, "When you buy your own game." <laughs> what cracks me up about it is that Michelle's like, oh, this whole day is shot. It's like, just go do something else. I yeah. mean, they're occupied. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. Why Why do you have to sit around with them uh, playing games? It's not games? necessary at all. Yeah. So, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah they're, uh, they're complete assholes, obviously, which is never really resolved. I mean, they do. They do well, one. They say thank you later, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do one line on it where they where Joey says, you know, the be nice to him because being nice is contagious, and and they'll they might be nice to you back if you're nice to them. But what he actually says is be nice to your cousins, but in no way, shape, or form are they her cousins. No, because they're Becky's cousins. <laughs> they're Becky's cousins' daughters. Yeah, so they're Becky's. Oh, I always. Oh, they're Becky's. So her uncle's wife's second cousin is what they are to her. Yeah, they're Becky. Well, they're Becky's. They're Becky's first cousins once removed. So second cousins. Like I thought, the daughter of the first cousin was the second cousin. No. So the way it worked, I read up on this one time because I was really interested in this. So Alex, your wife is my first cousin. Your children are my first cousins once removed because they're removed by a generation. My kids. 
and your kids are second cousins. Ah, uh, gotcha. Because they're in the same generation, and if they have like if they have kids, then like if your if your oldest has a, a child, then that child would be like like my child's second cousin once removed. And then if she okay. has a child, then they'd be third cousins. And that's like that's how it goes. <clears throat> but anyway, but yeah, they're not even second cousins because they're only related by marriage. Right. But whatever. I mean, and they this is the first time she's seen him her entire life. So why would you even bother being nice to somebody you'll never see? Right. That's been an asshole to you the entire time they've been no, there. Nothing nothing but an asshole. Right. Another part is uh we forget that they go to dinner and like well, they're just like really like going over the top. Of their threats at each other. <laughs> yeah. Like a, and so Jesse says he's going to get his because they offer to take him to the most expensive restaurant in San Francisco, which is probably by Nebraska standards, uh, quite a bit more expensive than you. Oh, for sure, for sure. You're not, you're not just having Omaha steaks there, buddy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So they come back, and uh, Jesse says he ate like five pounds of lobster, like to get revenge on him. And he doesn't even like lobster. <laughs> Right, yeah, because then they, they kind of like, you know, when Becky goes somewhere else, and I don't remember where his wife is, maybe she went to the car. But, like, they're, like, they, like, you know, basically, you know, like, having a motto on money. He's like, yeah, if you were, like, my mechanic, I'd be fine, but you're not good enough to be my, you know, cousin. And then, like, because it came to town to uh, put their own daughters in the twin contest. Why they would think those kids would be uh, capable of winning any contest, I don't know. Seriously? <laughs> maybe but, the, um, maybe a uh, of the Shining Twins contest. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so then, like, uh, out of revenge, like, uh, and what's funny, he, he's going to enter his own uh, twins, Nikki and Alex. What's funny about that, though, is, like, his wife, like, is, like, just does not care about any part of this whatsoever. <laughs> but then she gets upset that he's using him for the purpose of, like, getting revenge. It's like, you don't fucking care. Yeah, exactly. Like, why don't you go home and educate your kids so you have to buy their way to fucking college? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> which is all I think about whenever I see her on screen, which is hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's funny, too, because... So he says at one point, Mark Lynn Baker says that he wants to, you know, he's, he wants to leave before someone steals his tires. And right. he, he's like, oh, a little joke. And he goes, no, no, I'm, I'm really afraid of that. <laughs> and it's I understand that I guess Nebraska is probably safer than the, quote, big city. But where they live in San Francisco, where those houses are and everything, it's not like it's crime infested. No, it's like it's like the modern day value of the house is like in the millions of dollars. Oh, for it's sure, not a, it's not a bad area by any stretch. No, I mean it's such a it's such an expensive house that you have to have a full time fucking TV host, a full time radio DJ, and some creepy guy who watches your kids from time to time supporting it. Right, exactly. This house is so expensive that like six. You know, adults with full-time jobs live there, and they still have trouble making the bills. Yeah. Yeah, it's so... It's it's pretty ridiculous. To, that's a little, maybe a little over the top. But, so, yeah, they, they decide that... Joey decides, or Jesse decides, that he's going to to enter the his twins into the contest be, and get back at them, basically just for revenge. <laughs> he's going to use yeah. his kids for revenge. So... They uh, they enter the contest. And, well, okay. So first, there's a subplot of Stephanie asking what's her name, the oldest one, DJ. Yeah. What what it means or how you can tell when a boy likes you, and she she says some things like, "Oh, they'll stare at you. Then when you look over at them, they'll they'll pretend like they're fixing their hair or whatever, and give them a half smile." And then she's like, and what happens then? And she goes, nothing, you're in fifth grade or whatever, sixth grade or whatever grade she's in. 
Right. <laughs> and so during the twin thing, she sees these two twins, these two boy twins that are checking her out. And she looks over and they start fixing their hair and everything. She's getting all the signals. So she comes over and, you know, says something to him. And they uh, they say, oh, we like to hang out with twins. And she, this is this is so weird. I, I don't know if this was cut for time or why it was in this episode at all. Because it's the it's the quickest, like, subplot ever. She, yeah, it's, like, it's in real time, like, two minutes. <laughs> she goes, oh, yeah, I have a twin, you know, because I because she wants to hang out with these guys. Let me go get her. So she goes and borrows and borrows a DJ's hat and coat for some reason. I don't know why she can't just come back and say, hey, I'm just dressed the same as my twin, like every other fucking twin here. Yeah, because they were dressed alike. <laughs> yeah. So, but she comes back and says that she's Bethany, Stephanie's sister. And they're like, oh, where's Stephanie? And she comes back. Or she's like, oh, let me go get her. So she w- runs off and then she comes back and somehow after only those two interactions she mixes herself up with her twin yes and and then she comes clean immediately and says yes. that that she she doesn't have a twin she just liked them and wanted to hang out with them and they only hang out with twins and they said well we'll make an exception for you and then stephanie goes off to be part of a fucking sandwich yeah, that's what it looks like. Like, the, like even the crowd looking like, woo. It's like, well, I think they're ten. I, I don't think you should be wooing about that. Right? Exactly. It's so creepy. There's another. There's another borderline creepy joke in here too that I forgot. Uh, when Stephanie's talking to DJ about about her boy troubles, Kimmy Gibbler. Uh, she, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. She she pipes up and says that she you could just get an 800 number like her and 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 advertise it on pay per view or whatever on late night cable. Yeah, so I mean, it's just she's just intimating that she's a phone sex line, or she's a complete whore that just like yeah, fucker. Yeah, exactly. They really they they did that on more than one occasion. That I remember I remember yeah. very specifically, I don't know what episode it was, but they had some sort of flash forward to when they were adults and Kimmy had huge breasts and all the guys like fawned over her because of that, even though they hated her uh, when yeah, she was yeah. a kid. Yeah, the big joke was uh, when they like, so did you learn anything? He's like, yeah, I'm going to start being much nicer to Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they, uh, you know, that, like you said, like the quickest subplot of all time happens. Mm-hmm. Then they have the contest, and apparently there's like five sets of twins in this entire contest, because they can all comfortably <laughs> fit on stage at the same time. Yep. And what's funny is they keep cutting from one to the next. It's like, you could just show them all. There's five sets of them, and they're on stage for like one minute. Exactly. But then they, uh, you know, it reveals that the second place uh, winner is uh, the Donnellys, which are those uh, weird-looking twins from Nebraska. Yep, Mark Lynn Baker's. Um, cousin Larry's kids. Exactly. And then Nikki and Alex, who dresses miniature Elvis impersonators, because what guy in a uh, 90s metal band doesn't love Elvis? Right, exactly. And uh, the crowd loves them, too, because uh, they win. Yeah, good for them. They're, they're dressed like little blonde Elvi. I think that's the plural of Elvis. I think you're right. And, yeah, so they, they win, and that's it. That's been, Basically, it's over. Uh, Mark Lynn Baker runs back with his tail between his legs. I, oh, and they do a little denouement, I guess. That's the that's the bit after the last bit, where where Becky says, 
that or Jesse says, you know, I, I don't don't you sometimes wish that I could buy you a, a Cadillac or whatever? You know, I wanted to prove that we have good kids and that we didn't need to buy them into colleges and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and Becky says, I don't care about the money. You know, they can uh, get into UCLA on their own or whatever. Um, <laughs> they may chuckle. Yeah, exactly. But uh, and that and that's how that's how it ends. Uh, Danny gets a call from his girlfriend at one point. And well, it's in the middle of a contest. <laughs> basically, He's says like, I can't talk now. Yeah, and then he goes, "Is that a towel I hear snappy in the background?" <laughs> yeah. So his girlfriend is definitely getting fucked by all those football players. Yeah, probably. They're doing the Super Bowl shuffle on her. <laughs> Oh yeah, she's uh, she's gonna be uh, underneath the fridge. Anyways, so that was uh, that was the episode. Pretty pretty bad episode of a pretty bad TV show. I think they're all kind of pretty bad. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll check in next week with that. But now we uh, we go to the world of celebrity gossip and our ongoing segment keeping current with mike mike where are we going this week who are we going to talk about who are we going to try to figure out what's going on with them well i got a good suggestion for my wife uh this is the dailymail.com it's a i think this is a british paper i've been looking for this whole time okay it's like a gossip kind of paper so yeah sounds good dailymail.com all right slash your Does Pets.com still exist? <laughs> I know they went out of business, but someone's got to have it. Oh, PetSmart has it now. Good for them. Yeah, Pet.com, uh, Pets.com, PetSmart bought it and said, you know what? Go fuck yourselves. I'll tell you one thing. They don't know how to format a fucking webpage over there in England because as much as I expand this window, it keeps like not fully showing me what I need to see. <laughs> Oh, fuck you guys. Dailymail.com.uk.co. Right, I'm going to read what I can that makes sense. Okay. Larry Larry King, 85, files for divorce from his all-caps seventh wife, Sean King, 59 after 22 years. As it's rumored there, sons have pleaded with TV icon to end marriage over money battle and infidelity. Wow. I didn't even know that he married uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers former quarterback. Yeah, he did. Uh, so um, so let's see, twenty-two years. He he was sixty-three when she was thirty-seven. Makes nice. sense. Yep. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know if these kids are theirs. I mean, I know who Larry King is. I didn't know his wife's name. I didn't know. He, I didn't know it was his seventh. I know he has a lot of wives though. Yeah. He. Uh, so here, I'm on his Wikipedia page. So he was married to Frida Miller from 1952 to 1953. It was annulled. Uh, then Annette K. 61 to 61 divorced. Arlene Atkins, 61 to 63 divorced. M- Mickey Sutphin, 63 to 67 divorced. Arlene Atkins, 67 to 72 divorced. Sharon Lapori, 76 to 83. Uh, Julie, Julie Alexander, 89 to 92. And then Sean Southwick, 1997 till till now. Fuck. I mean, damn. Like, 
Those are some yeah. quick ass marriages, but this one uh, actually lasted for a while. Yeah, I guess the he's claiming that she was unfaithful to him. I mean, how anyone would cheat on Larry King is, uh, you know, a mystery. Exactly. I mean, what a virile young man. Right. <laughs> oh. If you see one movie all year, make it Jungle to Jungle. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, whatever. Larry King gets, he's, I don't know, he's going to get married again? I don't really care. I, I don't care about Larry King in the slightest yeah, I'll bet you he does. Larry King strikes me as one of those people that needs a wife. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Our next story ripped from the headlines. Donald Trump, in all caps, calls off his upcoming meeting with Denmark's prime minister because she will, all caps, not discuss selling Greenland to the United States. <laughs> what? Yeah, it doesn't sound like a like an actual headline, you know. You wouldn't think like a few years ago that would just sound like the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah, that's 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 the thing that that's the thing that's scary is that I don't know if that's just bullshit or not. I'm really conflicted here because obviously I hate the Danish, right? Uh, but that's a really fucking dumb idea. What do you need Greenland for? Um. Okay. Well, CNBC also has the story. It's a real story. I've heard. I've heard of, that he's trying to buy Greenland. I just don't understand why. Yeah, who can, like there's, there's nothing that like I can understand if it was like Iceland. I mean, fuck Iceland, but I can understand if it was like Iceland that has like a lot of geothermal power or something like that, or you know, like maybe even parts of Canada that have a lot of oil. There's, as far as I know, and I might be wrong, but there's not much in natural resources in Greenland, and there's a giant ice shelf. Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. God. Uh, so here's a quote. Greenland is not for sale. Greenland is not Danish. Greenland belongs to Greenland. I strongly hope that this is not meant seriously. <laughs> That's the Danish Prime Minister. <laughs> Oh, yeah, my know. God. That is fucking hilarious. Um, why the fuck? Why? Why? I don't. Oh, my God. I don't get this. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. who gives a shit sense. about Greenland? Exactly. Our next headline is uh, it's kind of a, a pet peeve of mine. It's um, from Leonardo DiCaprio and Sting to Harry and Meghan. I assume that's the, the king guy. Jet-setting stars sell their evil conscience by sending money to carbon offset firms. Some replacement force soon dying off. Guy Adams, all caps, is a person, I guess. Finds <laughs> it might be a load of hot air. Okay. <laughs> I'd say I recently read something that I think the the Harry and Meghan people, mm-hmm. like they like flew somewhere like on a private jet, and like they, you know people were upset about that. And then Elton John said he hired it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always like is ridiculous. Like when like you know Leonardo DiCaprio or any of these people like use a private jet and they're like complaining about the environment. I mean, no, I'm sorry, you can't you know send money to a carbon offset firm because that's all imaginary. Like the carbon, you know, carbon rules. It's not a real thing. You're just paying money to as a tax. You're not reducing carbon actually. Correct. Yep. It's like with like electric cars. I'm like, yeah, they're all cool and stuff. But imagine like the environmental impact of making you know a battery that big. Probably isn't, you know, much less than a gas using car. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is that most of the electrical grid is is run by coal. 
uh, like coal, coal powers most of the, at least around here in the United States, coal powers most of the electrical grid. So it's not that, it might be a small re- reduction to the carbon footprint, maybe, but it's not huge. I mean, I, I'm all for doing whatever we can to try to reduce the amount of carbon we put in the atmosphere because, you know, we only have one planet and, uh, we probably shouldn't destroy it. But, um, but yeah, this, this whole thing is like ridiculous to me. And for, for the most part, individuals now doing your own, uh, your own fucking, uh, jet and shit like that is ridiculous to me. And I think, uh, you know, they should be ashamed of themselves, obviously. But, um, for the most part, like regular people like you and I, we can do a little bit, I guess, but most of what most of what actually needs to happen to change is not anything that, that we can do. You know, people just can't yeah, I, get honestly, together. Honestly, a big uh, a big help would be switching almost entirely to nuclear energy, but everybody's so terrified of it, which mm-hmm. obviously there's been incidents like, you know, in Japan and Chernobyl, but I mean, it's it's really the cleanest form of energy to use yep. that we have right now. Well, I mean, I guess solar technically is cleaner, but at the same time, solar is like a fraction of the amount of energy you get from a nuclear power plant. It's not efficient enough yet. Solar is the best energy to use for everything if they could ever, and I don't know if it'll ever happen, but if they can ever develop the technology to a point where it's efficient. I mean, you know, unfortunately, the reason that, that fossil fuels are so popular or have been so popular is the most fuel efficient source in the world. They're just also, you know, they just also have bad, um, you know, side effects. But, um, yeah, solar's just not, it's just not efficient enough of an energy source right now. Hopefully one day it will, but I'm totally with you on the nuclear power. I've been an advocate for, uh, us using nuclear power, uh, for a while now. I mean, obviously, there can be some really bad side effects, but it's it's the most efficient way to use power currently. Yep, absolutely. Apparently, Guy Adams is an English author, comedian, and actor, possibly best known for the novel The World House. Adams is also a regular writer for Big Finish Productions, who produce audio plays based on Doctor Who, as well as several other properties. Well, good, good for him. I have no idea what yeah. he has to do with with the Daily Mail. Maybe he also writes for the Daily Mail, but maybe you have like a, a op ed against him or something. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's all we're, we're getting from the Daily Mail. I'm I'm done with that. Yep. It doesn't seem very interesting. I don't want to get into like a legit slash, you know, like a sort of news story about like the president traded by Greenland, <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> to like I don't know some dumb shit like you know who cares what, I mean I don't care what the Royals are doing or I I mean why why do they even have them I don't understand yeah I uh, I don't understand because England's such a shit country they don't have any real celebrities I do want to yeah exactly I do want to point out that uh, that Norm Macdonald told a very funny joke you you liked it this is what brought it to my attention on on Twitter. Uh, this week about Jeff Epstein, it's basically it's basically a play on the Hitler joke that uh, that he came up with. But uh, he he says that that every person is a coin with uh, you know an obverse and a and a, you know an, a reverse. And he says many of you will think of Jeffrey Epstein as the as this horrible uh, person that preyed upon innocent people and destroyed lives. 
but I like to think of Jeff Epstein as the man who murdered Jeff Epstein. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a good one. I love Norm. But uh, now on to the Parents Guide game. This week, we've got two excellent movies from me and two probably shit movies from Mike. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll go first. And this one, I'm going to do this one first. I think we saw this movie in the theater together. I'm almost positive we did. But maybe it was somebody else. So you might not have seen this movie. I'm not sure. But, you know, we'll see. Sure. The opening credits run through a sex scene. Breasts are visible. Very brief. The overall scene lasts a minute. Austin Powers. No, very, very close, but no. Uh, let's see. In a club scene, we see a man surrounded by provocative women being kissed by one of them. Hmm, a club scene, a man. I have not seen this movie, just so you know. So this might be a bigger, that might be a bigger spoiler than I know. Right, a man. Let's see, in a club scene. Hmm, uh, shallow hell. No. Okay. Uh, let's see. A man is bashed in the head with a pipe. He's later surrounded in a small pool of blood as he's taken away on a stretcher. More blood becomes apparent on him and his neck case casting. What? (laughs) And his neck casting as he starts having a seizure and dies of his injuries. Okay, so I'm I'm guessing he had some sort of thing on his neck. Summer of Sam? Nope. A guy and a girl kiss briefly. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, I will say... Uh, ooh, uh, what's that one movie? Uh, Better Off Dead. No. You keep guessing that. I should pick that one week. A man is stabbed and thrown out to his death. Blood is visible on his shirt and running down one nostril. Huh. The pipe thing, that sounded kind of familiar. Oh, wait, oh, I think I know what this is. Irreversible. No. No? No. Huh. You said irreversible, right? Correct. No. A young man takes off his shirt and jumps on a lake. When he gets out of the water, we see him shirtless for a while. He is in attack by another bare-chested guy. Hmm. I know you've seen plenty of movies like this. But, oh, uh, of course. This is one that was shown in theater. <laughs> what, one shown in uh, the, the theater with the uh, guy with the mop? Um, let's see. I don't know. Twilight? No. Many people are shot. Mild blood. One guy is shot in the car. Blood and brain matter splotch onto a windshield behind him. Um, Memento? Nope. Oh, I have to find a good one. I'm just going down the list. Okay, actually you have a surprisingly big amount for this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Four guys jump in a swimming pool at night. They're wearing boxers and briefs, and we see their bare chests, backs, legs, and thighs. No, there's not a club. For a second I was thinking... I was thinking, stand by me, but there's not a club scene in, in that film. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. 
Um, huh. Wonder Boys? No. Frequent gunplay and a car chase. And since that doesn't really tell you anything, I'm going to go down to profanity, too. Around 200 F-words and other moderate profanity. Are they saying F-words are moderate profanity or that there are other moderate profanity, that the other profanity is moderate? I really, I, I imagine when you tell me what this is, because a lot of the stuff sounds familiar, but I really have no clue on this one. Um, shoot. Because the, the opening sex, like sex club scenes, The Matrix 2. No. Matrix 3. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no, Monica Bellucci is uh, mm, chef's, She's irreversible too. chef's kiss. <laughs> Uh, this is under violence and gore. Mm-hmm. The main characters, one guy in particular, act violently throughout the whole movie, threatening other people both verbally, physically, and psychologically. There are two murders and one instance of animal killing. Some scenes are crude, and blood is seen at least one is seen at times. Huh. This sounds somewhat familiar too. Now, hmm. Uh, animal murder. Is it it? No. No, you've seen that. Um, at least yeah, the yeah. at least the old one. I saw the one the recent one too. Uh, under drugs and alcohol, it just says some cigarette smoking. And then uh, frightening, and intense scenes, lots of intense action violence. Is this Blade Two? Nope. You're getting closer though. Blade one? <laughs> no, it's not one of the Blade movies, but... Okay, that's fair. Aw. Shit, I think I might know what it is actually now. But I'll wait till next go. Okay. A guy kills another man. We do not see anything. The scene is dark and at a distance. Only the killer moving his arm towards the other man's neck. The latter falls down and is implied to die. Likely from having his throat slashed by a cutter. Huh. Hmm. Jeez, I don't know. Um. Uh, Pet Cemetery Two. No. All right. Uh, this is the last clue on here: violence and gore. A man is a man is shot three times in the chest and stomach area. He falls to the ground where there is a small amount of blood. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is a uh, dust hold on. No. It's not? Nope. Oh yeah, I have no clue then. So I'll give you I'll give you one more hint. So when you said blade, the reason I said you're kinda close is one, the star of this movie is later in the MCU. Two, I think this movie was sort of was sort of inspired by Blade in a way, in that there's a lot of like kind of there's a lot of action, but there's a lot of long jackets and uh, and stuff. But it's based on a movie from the 70s. Is it the Basketball Diaries? No. No, I, I legitimately have no idea. It stars Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't know. Is it, it, uh... it came out in the year 2000. 
Oh, is it Shaft? Yep. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I, I have never seen that. Ah, oh, damn it! I thought I thought we saw that together. No. All right. Well, it was Shaft 2000. Fair enough. I'll give you a couple more clues. Uh, this might, I, I'm like 99% sure you've seen this. Actually, I'm 100% my wife said you saw this. So, okay. Uh, let's see. A guy attacks another guy from behind and holds a cutter to his face while keeping his arm tight around his neck. The attacker says, I'm going to kill you so we can be together forever, all of us, them and the other two guys he murdered. After a long while, the guy who's being held tries to break free. The two guys fight and hold each other's necks, and one of them hits the other, breaking his nose, and kicks him in the face. A cutter? I mean, like a... I assume it's a box cutter, but I'm not sure I haven't seen this. Um, shit, man. This does not sound familiar to me for some reason. Um, huh. We'll be together forever. And it's... It's like four dudes. Um... Huh. Dudes, boys, same thing. Right? Ah, uh, man. I don't know. The Omen? No. I'll give you one more. Sorry, I was trying to find one that to me sounds very specific, but again, I haven't seen Right. A group of young men and women cut themselves in a ritual to offer blood to their father, Satan. A guy cuts his palm with a cutter. A lot of cutter in this fucking movie, I guess. Yeah. Another guy cuts his fingertip with a cutter, and the others are implied to do the same. They cut themselves off screen. We see blood dripping on a rock. A guy cuts it, cuts it with a cutter, and then smears it on his abdomen with his fingers, making a cross form out of it. Okay, now this does sound really familiar. Um... It's not the Lost Boys. Um, Boys, is, Boys is in the title. I'll give you that clue. Yeah, it's um. Oh shoot. Uh, Boys on the side, the Drew Barrymore movie. No. <laughs> yes. Uh damn it! Oh, oh, what is it called? I can't think of the title. Black Circle Boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fuck. God, yeah. We watched that once. Yeah, I didn't even remember the title of that. But yeah, yeah, I've seen it. We wa- we watched it once like a long time ago. Oh, yeah, that movie's messed up. Sounds like it. Uh, all right. Ready for round two? Maybe at least one of us will get it this time? Yeah. So, I think you'll get this one, probably. Um, Okay, so violence and gore. Comic fighting and explosions. Nothing graphic or unsettling. Team America. Nope. Mild cigarette smoking throughout the film. Hmm. Um, Let's see. Uh, uh, K-Pax. (laughs) No. Uh, Profanity. Frequent profanity, lots of fucks, crude sexual slang, and generally graphic language throughout. Go. Nope. 
characters ordered drinks at a bar several times. Hmm. 200 cigarettes. No. Okay, I'll give you drugs and alcohol and fighting in a tent scenes together. Uh, drugs, alcohol, and smoking. Some smoking and drinking throughout the movie. Frightening and intense scenes? None. <laughs> um, I have no idea. Uh, let's say... Um, Footloose. No. <laughs> Several police cars chase one character and two other men who joyride in a pickup truck. Groundhog Day? Yep. Oh, nice. Okay, so everything else is under sex and nudity for this movie. Okay. Uh, let's see. There is constant sexual innuendo and humor portrayed in a way so lighthearted, it's almost downright innocent. <laughs> oh my god. That is the best fucking... <laughs> That is the best entry in the Parents Guide ever. I didn't read that before I read it. <laughs> there is constant sexual innuendo and humor portrayed in a way so lighthearted. It's almost downright innocent. Uh, last Tango in Paris. No. <laughs> lots and lots of vagina-shaped objects are shown throughout the movie. And one character wears a dildo on his head in several scenes. And Chota Boy! <laughs> yep. Nice. Oh. oh my god. That is so funny. I want to, like, I think when you said Team America World, please, <laughs> I was like, I had to really hold my tongue there. But, um. Huh. But, uh. Like, that, that first one is so funny. Oh, Uh, but yeah, that's it. So that is the Parents Guide game. Now we will move on to our, quote, main topic today. Mike, what have you been watching? I don't remember. if I, I think I did mention this last time. Maybe not. But I've been watching pretty much exclusively Mr. Robot this whole week. Oh, yeah. Mr. Robot. How's that going? I like it. Um, it's a very like it. It's a show that you really have to pay a lot of attention to. So often I'll find myself like uh, playing on my phone or something. I have to rewind it and see what the hell's going on, or I'll like read summaries, you know, to see what the fuck I just watched. Right. What I did notice is it's weird. There's a lot of. It's very similar in a lot of ways to the movie Fight Club. Okay. Like it's like they're like a they're like an underground organization trying to like destroy credit, so like everyone will be like on you know on par with each other. Mm-hmm. And there's even, like, you know, they even use, like, songs. Like, they use the song Where's My Mind by the Pixies, which is at the uh, the very end of Fight Club. They have it, like, you know, kind of, like, incidentally appear in the, the show and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I mean, that's, like... And, oh, yeah, that's the part that really annoyed me. One of the things that I was reading about it, like, because I was, like, I was, like, I, I was wondering if it was a direct, like, you know, ripoff of Fight Club because there's so many similarities. And, like, I read, like, this, like, most ridiculous article. This person's, like... Uh, the reason that it's different than Fight Club is Mr. Robot loves women and Fight Club hates them. Which is not what Fight Club is about at all, unless you're like the biggest idiot in the fucking world and you watch Fight Club. Yep, I agree. I've heard so many people talk about like, uh, oh, the misogyny of Fight Club and like like this and Toxic that and stuff. masculinity. Exactly. And it's like, no, you don't, 
like the I can see how someone would think that if they're viewing the movie in the most basic like like I'm not gonna think anything about this way. But if you're gonna do that, don't write a fucking article. <laughs> yeah, the movie is very philosophical. Um, and I mean, this is for like Buzz, Buzzfeed, so it's not like you're like you know taking a future Pulitzer Prize winner to write this fucking article. <laughs> right? No kidding. Their their last article was uh, four ways that you're just like Harry Potter. <laughs> Oh my god! And then, and then their other article is, "Which pope are you? <laughs> what what bean are you? Right. <laughs> I got Lima. Which bean are you? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. So, but yeah, it's just I, I enjoy the show. It's it's very like it's actually like the computer like stuff they do is actually pretty realistic, which is very refreshing. It's not like uh, NCIS where there's two people typing on a fucking computer at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. And then no one even thinks to pull the plug in that NCIS show because they're all fucking idiots, right? Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 definitely like a step of like a lot of people call it like a modern version of Fight Club, which is kind of ridiculous because Fight Club's like twenty years old this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it so far. I'm only on like season two, and I think there's three that are all out on Amazon Prime. Then season four is coming out, and that might be the last season, but I'm not positive. Nice. I like when uh, things are, are tight and to the point. Yeah. Uh, what have you been watching? Uh, I, well, I've conti- I finished the boys, uh, which I you know I mentioned last week, which um, was I, I liked it a lot. It, that's another one that there's a lot of satire. There's a lot of uh, kind of you know there's there's philosophy behind it. Like I mentioned before, I think I think that uh, Garth Ennis uh, likes to write things about about organized religion. Uh, you know, obviously he's an atheist. I think he likes to write things about organized religion, about the government, about corporations and things like that. And he, he has to do it in the guise of superheroes because he was a comic book writer, <laughs> but he fucking hates superheroes. It's really clear he does. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's funny, too, because it ends kind of like on a cliffhanger. And it's so weird to watch something that ends on a cliffhanger now. With with the way everything's are everything's binged and stuff like that now it's it's almost like oh yeah I remember when uh, when shows used to end on cliffhangers I remember when uh, L A Law was going on uh, summer hiatus so that one girl that everyone hated stepped into uh, the elevator shaft and there was no elevator there and she just fell down <laughs> it's like I, it's so weird that um, you know to watch a show on Netflix where that happens. It, but it's it's really good. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I liked a lot of the character development of the show. I think Garth Ennis has a pretty big hand in the development of the show, so I think that, that helps. Uh, I think they're probably going to do around three seasons, I guess. There are, like I said, there are 72 episodes, 72 comics to, as, uh, you know, like their, their source material for it. And based on how many of the comics they covered in one season, I think they're going to go three. So I think it's going to be three and out, which, you know, is basically I think is probably the perfect length for most things. Some things I maybe can't make three seasons, like two seasons might be, uh, you know, like the as much as they can go. And there are some things where it's just one season is, you know, you can only get one season of certain premises. But I think three seasons is probably like the perfect amount if you've got enough material to, to get you there. 
and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. The other thing that I've been watching is I've only watched a couple episodes of it so far, but is uh, Mind Hunter, uh, which is a new a new show on Netflix. Um, the second season just came out uh, like a few days ago, but the original season came out in 2017, and it's a really it's like I'm really into it. It's re- I didn't watch the first season when it first came out. Uh, so I've, I've started there, but it's basically, it's about the early days of profiling for serial killers, uh, with the, from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So I think the, the season one set in 1977, I think in season two, they go to 1980, uh, 1980, I think. But basically it follows these, uh, FBI, they're the behavioral science unit, uh, which is kind of just, come to be and it follows uh these two guys holden ford and bill tench as they they interview imprisoned serial killers to try to you know begin to make profiles uh that other you know other police officers and things can use it's really well acted it's a very interesting show i did a lot of research on i wrote a book about a serial killer uh, that actually turned into a, a series about a serial about, uh, a serial killer. But I read a lot about the early days of uh, criminal profiling and stuff like that, kind of his background. And I've always found that really interesting. And I've always found serial killers uh, interesting. I think a lot of people do. I think, you know, one of the reasons people find them interesting is because of, like, we talked about this a little bit when we talked about the, uh, the um, what's-his-name tapes, uh, Fuck the like the most Ted famous Bundy. yeah Ted I was gonna say like the most famous guy uh yeah the Ted Bundy tapes uh you know I think a lot of people are interested in it because it's just it's so different from the way that most people think that it's it's interesting just in the the weirdness of it the the difference of of how they think and different you know things that they go through and stuff like that it's drama and I think. Um, you know, that's one of the things that's interesting about it. I know I haven't quite gotten to all of it yet, all the first season yet, like I said. But I know they've got, uh, you know, they have people playing Richard Speck, uh, David Berkowitz, um, John Wayne Gacy, uh, Charles Manson, and uh, William Henry Hance. Um, you know, so they 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 use real people. I mean, not obviously they're actors, but they, they use pe- people playing real people. Uh, you know, as part of this, it's not obviously based on reality, but I mean, what's it's based on? I mean, they did do this at the beginning of the B, the FBI's behavioral science unit, but it's not it's not a true story. It's just kind of based on events that that happened. But yeah, it's it's a really interesting show. I think you'd like it too, Mike. Uh, no, I, I basically burned out on, like, serial killers when I was, like, probably like, 16 or 17. I just read, like, so many books and stuff. Oh, okay. I just, like, I'm like, yeah, not really interested anymore. But I, th- I have a theory that I think, like, if you notice, mostly, like, younger women are, like, terrified. Like, they, you know, obsessed with, like, serial killers sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think it's, like, I think it's, like, because, like, you know, for women, like, you know, an interpersonal murder like that is, you know, much more, like, realistic and, like, a real, like, terrifying, like, thing. You know, it's almost like a cultural thing whereas to prevent it you have to learn as much as you can about it because like basically every woman in my office is obsessed with like serial murders mm-hmm. 
like they all listen to podcasts and like you know talk about them and oh I listen to that one and it's just all like horrible horrible things it's just like it's almost like a you know a way to like kind of like you know I guess live it without having to it's like a way to like almost like proof yourself against like you know horror or something yeah yeah I can see that how it's sort of uh almost not necessarily a catharsis but like you said uh kind of one of like a release yeah exactly yeah exactly (laughs) that's right mike (laughs) would you say that was cathartic yeah yeah that was cathartic uh but uh but yeah so you know it is kind of like how how people will will view horror movies and they'll be they'll be scared but you know it's it's being scared in a safe way yeah, yeah, kind of the same thing, but obviously, you know, like, uh, that's much more realistic than, like, you know, Freddy Krueger or, you know, Jason Voorhees or, right. you know, uh, what's his name? That, know, that guy. That guy, yep. Michael Myers? No, no, that's not him. It's, um, shit, I don't know. Citizen Kane? Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew you were building towards an incredible joke. Uh, have you been watching anything else other than uh, Mr. Robot Chicken? <laughs> Mr. Robot Chicken? <laughs> no, not really. I've, I've watched like a couple episodes of Futurama I've seen before. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's about it. There's a couple. There's a new episode of Hot Ones I saw. Um, I can't remember who was on it. Was um, it the Idris Elba one? That, I saw that one. That was a couple weeks ago. This most recent. Oh, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but I saw the... It came up on my notifications on YouTube. I have to watch that. Yeah, so I mean, I like watched that, but I mean, you know, I'm basically Mr. Robot is all I've been watching. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm going to check out Mr. Robot for sure. Uh, yeah, I've been looking at the boys and reading about it. It does sound kind of interesting. I might check that out, actually. Yeah, if you... Anyone that's got Amazon out there, I think it's I think it's worth it. Um, it's yeah, Mr. All- Robot's on Amazon as well. It's only eight up, ep- and it's only eight episodes. Uh, they're they're hour long episodes, but there's only you know it's only eight of them, and it's uh, you know it's pretty tightly compacted. And like I said, it's the you know it can be viewed as a single thing. I, I they already got up, they already got re-upped for a second season, so I know there's going to be a second season. But uh, you know it can be sort of viewed as a in a lot of ways as a self-contained thing. But I, I think it's definitely worth it. I think it's an interesting thing, and I think it's. You know, you not liking superhero stuff. I think it's I think it's perfect for someone that doesn't like superhero I, things. Honestly, I just don't I just don't like like things with no gray area. And I know obviously the boys has a lot of gray area. Oh yeah, about it. for like, sure. Much like the Watchmen does. I just don't like like oh we're the heroes. Let's always do the good thing. Oh, I did one slightly bad thing, but now everything's all good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they do try to. There, there's a lot of they try to to humanize some of the the characters that do bad things in the show and but it's still i still think like you've you know you've done so many horrible fuck you you know what i mean like i i I get what you're i get what they're trying to do but it's like i i don't have sympathy but carol did feel some sympathy for some of the characters that that you know like it worked on on her as far as because they do try to to show multifaceted different sides like people really are um, and you would think if somebody had unlimited power like this, they'd probably be fucking monsters. Or like the Cyrus clan. Exactly. Yeah, they have, they have too much power, those Cyruses. Burn them to the ground. Who did, uh, 
don't really do that. I mean, if someone burns the Cyrus Mansion to the ground, I don't want to get blamed for it. So don't. I mean, if you if, use a cock rocket. <laughs> If you, I mean, if you want to do it and you were going to do it anyway, I guess don't let us dissuade you. <laughs> but, yes. but you know, uh, I mean, don't do it because we told you to because. And definitely don't tag us on Twitter if you do this. Right, exactly. <laughs> that massive light. It's just, uh, it's like that meme with that girl smiling with the fire in the background. But it's right. just the, it's just the Cyrus Mansion and someone uh, tagging uh, at massive life. <laughs> And they have a shirt that says, I hate Swedes on it. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, Fox, I just looked up the Cyrus Mansion for some reason. And uh, this Fox News report came out. Miley Cyrus spotted basically having sex with Caitlin Carter at club. And then it says report. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? But, uh... Let's see, Miley Cyrus was reportedly spotted basically having sex inside a California club on Friday with Caitlin Carter. I don't know who that is. Uh, not long af- uh, after photos of the two getting cozy during an Italian getaway surfaced. Uh, Cyrus is 26, Carter is 30. They couldn't keep their hands off of each other. I guess they're... I don't know. I don't know who this is. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I read something about this because a name triggers me. <laughs> to use the uh, the terminology of people I hate. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I was reading something that actually was kind of interesting. Like, uh, this isn't really related to the uh, hateful clan of the Cyruses, but it was somebody who like had worked with. Or no, it was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm-hmm. This woman who was like she she was like she was a stand up comedian, but she was like a special ed teacher at one point. But she said that a lot of these words like safe space and triggered are actually words that were initially used like to deal in like you know describe like autistic kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, triggers and safe words and all that kind of stuff. It's just kind of weird that they would just use, you know, adults who uh, have trouble acting like adults. Yeah, that's fucked up. I didn't know that. That's interesting. That's what I That's what they said. I don't know how true it is. But uh, back to the Cyrus clan. Uh, yeah, fuck them all. I hate them. Um, I think the one Millie Cyrus is uh, not with her husband anymore, who's Thor or Thor's brother or something. Maybe Thor's cousin. I don't know. It might be Thor. I'm not really sure. Is there another Cyrus? What? No. Uh, no, she was married to Thor's brother. I think. Miley Cyrus was? Yeah, I think so. And now they're not together anymore. Oh, Liam Hemsworth. Okay. I've heard that name before. See, I don't really know who it is. He might have been the Hunger Games, maybe? I'm not really sure. Yeah, he does. He does look a little like... He looks... <laughs> Poor guy. He looks like a very smaller, not as handsome version of his brother. I wonder if it's like the Mannings, where like there's like yet a third one who's like doing the accounting for the first two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Miley that Cyrus was, how, and how Liam. How bad would that be? Here's another Fox News. Got Fox News is all over this story. Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth may never get back together after Caitlyn Carter hook up. <laughs> Colon reports. <laughs> you don't need to tell me that it's a report. What? What else? Like what? What's the other thing? Opinion? I, I thought. Yeah, I don't get it. But anyway, so that's uh, maybe with a question mark after. <laughs> that's what's going on with with Miley Cyrus and whoever Caitlin Carter is, and poor Liam Hemsworth. Sad. Yeah. But that. Oh, you know, yeah. Can you imagine though being the uh, the third Manning brother? 
Oh, I know. Like, you know, people like to rip on Eli, but he's like, well, at least I'm a, not a fucking accountant. <laughs> you know, we had a situation similar to that in our high school, um, and I always felt bad for the guy. But uh, we, so the, those of you that follow football might know the name John Jansen. John Jansen was a right tackle for the Washington Redskins for many years, I think 10 or 11 years. And uh, he played for the Detroit Lions for a little bit. He also started his career uh, in college at the University of Michigan, uh, playing for the national championship team in 1997. He went to the high school that Mike and I went to, and he had a brother, an older brother named Matt, who was a very good basketball player and went to to ba- uh, college on a basketball scholarship. Obviously, John got a scholarship to the University of Michigan. They had a third brother that was a couple grades ahead of Mike and I uh, named Dave, who was like, I think he was shorter than me. Like, Yeah, he was like very like, you know, slight and, uh, you know, short. Yeah, John. It's funny, I was actually thinking, I was thinking about this the other day because uh, on the local radio, John Jansen's often like a guest host when someone can't make it. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear him, I'm like, what's, I'm like, what's up with Dave right now? So I didn't know he had an older brother, but I always think about like, man, that, that sucks. Like your brother's like this, like, you know. Six foot five, like, you know, tight end turned, uh, you know, tackle, mm-hmm. like you said. Yep. Yeah, and Matt's, Matt, I think, is like an inch or two taller than John. Uh, not not as big, like not as strong, but uh, but still pretty big and, and a little taller than John. And Dave's, like I said, Dave was just like a regular size. They, they're like giants, and Dave was like a regular size human. Yeah, yeah, I don't, think, I don't even know if he was especially short, but he was like, you know, he's... No, just normal. Maybe, yeah, just regular. It's like uh, with Penn and Teller, whatever you see them, like, Teller looks, like, super short, but Teller's, like, 5'10". Yeah, 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 it's just Penn is enormously tall. Yeah, I think he's, like, 6'8", or something crazy like that. Yeah, he's huge. I saw him in person one time when I was in Vegas. Oh, nice. He is fucking enormous. Yeah, I'd like to see them. Uh, they come to Windsor sometimes, but I don't have a passport, but I, I'm a huge fan of them, for sure. Oh, yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh... But yeah, like you said, uh, this has been Massive Late Fee. Yep. Uh, you know where to find us. Fuck Sweden. We love you, Amsterdam. Uh, good night. All right. Have a good night, guys. Bye.